Hello, I'm your host, Bobby King, and I'm here to talk with you about something you might not expect. And it's that this podcast is a place where we talk to people who are willing to share their thoughts on the church today. This will be pastors, Christians, non-Christians, the average church attender, other religious members, people who have never experienced church before. And I want to give people the opportunity to have a true and open conversation. Join us on the couch of your mind for Church Conversations. All right, so this is episode one, the inaugural episode, episode zero, if not episode one, just because, as you know, with a bunch of new podcasts out there in the world, we kind of need a introductory kind of episode. I kind of wanted to touch a little bit about why we wanted to start this podcast, who I am. Some of y'all may not know me from Adam, um, but we wanted to start off all on the right foot. Let everybody know who eventually is going to listen, eventually who is going to follow along on the channel, who I am, what my role has been, um, what this uh, podcast plays a role in my company, all of those different things. We are going to talk about them today. So first off, I want to introduce you guys to my company, which is hashtag Church. We are a resource company that is designed to resource, equip, train churches through the digital era. So we are doing that through a few different mediums. One of them is podcasts, as you see right now. So we have this podcast, and then we have a sister podcast called Media Matters, where we talk about church media, media that's happening in the world, all of those different things. We are also going to be releasing videos to help the church. So that could be media-based. That could be how to search for different programs to look for analytics or how uh, to best equip your volunteer system. If that's an app, if that's, um, you know, pencil and paper, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things with that. But also I want to have videos talking about the top five youth games to play this summer. And so having youth pastors come on and talk about a bunch of different things of how they interact with students, how they get people to come to their events, all those different things. Lastly, we are going to have resources, which are going to be articles. We are going to be having a bunch of different conversations, hopefully being able to bring in a bunch of different writers from all across church perspectives, small church, you know, sub 50 people up to medium sized church, up to a couple thousand mega church of where it's, you know, a thousand up. And then even maybe some ultra mega uh, church ideas and people um, to be able to write articles and provide resources for what I like to call the capital C church, which is all of us that have bannered under the umbrella of this Jesus is King 
kingdom mindset. We're believers in the way. We are studiers and followers of the holy book called the Bible. And with that, um, we are all underneath this umbrella together as the capital C church. That does not mean every single church is going to believe every single thing that another church believes. We are not denominationally breaking anything down, separating any people. That's not what I'm about. I'm not about uh, division in that kind of way. Um, I have my personal beliefs, and maybe one day we can talk about them. But um, also at the same time, I have people in literally every single stage and step of denomination on this church spectrum, if you will. But the one common denominator is that Jesus is king. He came, he died, and he rose again for our sins. And because of that, and we believe in that and, and in his godship, we are called, commissioned, and encouraged to share the good news of what he did. That's a little bit about Hashtag Church. We're resourcing, equipped, training churches to navigate the digital era. This idea came a long time ago. So a little, a quick intro to me before eventually we get into my story a little bit is that I was on staff at a church as a creative arts pastor and slash kind of junior high pastor. Um, and I was navigating working with that individual local church. I love them, love them to this day. They're amazing people. Um, and with that, I recognized that I was getting asked to help other churches in the local area um, because our pastor was super well connected. Like he was like, hey, you need to talk to Bobby. You need to uh, come over here and let Bobby do this or let him design you this. Or, hey, you need a video for this, uh, you know, commission group that we're a part of. It's multi-church. It's a network almost, all of those kinds of things. So I was getting introduced to these other situations that put me in a more capital C church environment than a local C church environment. Started having the idea of what navigating a church media company would look like. Back then, there was a lot less of them than there are now. Um, but I was only 21 years old. And so I had no clue how to go up and compete with any of these other people, but I knew what I was put on this earth to do, and that was to help the church with media and digital. So I started my company. Um, originally back then, it was called my middle name, media kind of thing. So it was like Montgomery Media, which is my middle name and now my son's name. Um, but I was just helping anybody in everything that needed graphics, video, photo, um, social media, all of that jazz. But I quickly realized that I needed to kind of differentiate uh, my businesses. So I needed to have a church and nonprofit version, a for-profit version um, to kind of help one on sales tax, if, if I'm being real honest about all of those things. And so hashtag church in shift three, which is a hashtag on a computer, is named after. So the idea came way back then in 2016. And we have gotten the amazing opportunity to work with over a hundred different churches all across the nation for things as simple as a flyer to a rebranding an entire church that's been in existence for 150 years to even 
working at a church on more of a retainer kind of basis to really allow, um, you know, me to help consult, bring other members of my team, which now we have a team like of people like it's not just me anymore which is amazing you'll you'll mainly see me because i'm kind of the most um in front of camera person um out of our group of people and our personalities that we have on our hashtag staff but um, we have a team of people. We have, you know, three different people working on this podcast. Um, after I hit end, we are going to edit it, chop it up, you know, write the next episodes. We're going to descript it and get it all in text form. It's it's a lot of moving parts and a lot of moving pieces, but it's amazing to see where we're at now. Another really cool thing is you are looking at me in this room, which is our brand new office and headquarters. So we have our staff members come in here. Most of them work remotely, but they have the ability to come in here, uh, hang out, have conversations, have team meetings in here, all of that. This is all of my personal equipment that I take to um, churches, to gigs, to concerts, to all of the different things I get asked to do. Um, and so it's amazing to be able to have this space. And it's actually from one of our amazing church clients um, that we have a retainer relationship with. And so they had extra office space and I was like, let's do it. That's amazing. And so we are now in a, an amazing new step of where we're kind of in a phase two of our company. Before um, this episode releases, we were more focused on services. So, hey, church XYZ, let me provide you this service of doing your social media management, or let us create your sermon series designs or your sermon bumpers, or let us come and shoot a highlight video of your event, things like that. We still are going to do those. And that is still an offering that we will have on hashtag church, but hopefully it is one of the lower things that people actually know us for. I want us to be able to truly, genuinely resource the church for free to be able to help them navigate all the different things from what I am seeing in the industry, but then also um, how to answer difficult, tough conversations that even individual local churches have. I would love to answer those with hashtag church. So this ain't the hashtag church podcast. This is the church conversations podcast. So this is very different. Um, with that in the intro, I mentioned and y'all saw that I really want to equip this to be a safe space for people to come talk about the church. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Just so you know, forewarning right now, warning, warning, there will be non-Christians on this show and they will talk about their experience with churches. When that happens, there may be people that are using cuss words or people um, describing very um, hard to hear things and situations that the church has unfortunately not been that of what Jesus would want us to have shown that individual. Those conversations are going to be very hard. I will also always do my darndest to put um, warnings or um, a, you know, even if there's, you know, cuss words and things like that in there, it will have the ease. So don't think that, hey, we're just, you know, cussing up a storm, things like that in this podcast, but it is a safe place for people to speak openly, um, whatever that means. 
And my job is really just to be here, listen, maybe ask some clarifying questions, but that's really about it. Y'all aren't coming and listening to this podcast to listen to me. Um, hopefully you're coming to listen to these people that have different life experiences to either learn something, whether to help your church. You know, you may be in charge of first guests and first impressions at your church. You're going to be able to hear from people that maybe didn't have the best first impression or they did have good first impressions. But then after that, there it fell off. There was no discipleship plan. There was no anything like that. So hopefully this is more of a learning podcast for um, people that one can use it or two that just like to hear honest and open true stories about church. There's been a few of them pop up recently that have had great popularity um, about individual specific churches, and they're great. They're amazing podcasts. Go listen to them. I want to take this more into a personal, you know, unique situation um, of where there's individuals across this entire country that have a perspective on church that you will never get to hear unless I started this podcast, which is why I felt so strongly about doing it. I was like, I have stories to tell. I have situations to talk through and things like that. But I genuinely want to hear how God has moved, how God has been missed in other people's lives and situations from across the entire, you know, United States, across the globe, all of those different things. So hopefully and prayerfully, God willing, we will be able to be having this podcast for a long time, having some amazing conversations with a bunch of amazing people. And yes, every single person that's going to be on this podcast is an amazing person who is handcrafted creatively and uniquely by God. Whether you as the viewer or are going to think that after that podcast, that is on you. But the truth of the matter is that God uniquely handcrafted and handcreated each and every single one of these people. So a little bit more about me. I'm Bobby King. I am a husband to my high school sweetheart, Rebecca. She is the best person in this entire world. Um, you will not see a lot of her. She is very introverted and very much not wanting to be in front of camera. Um, I have two littles. I have two under two at this moment. Um, if you're listening to this later on, uh, we're in the year 2022. Um, almost 2023. I have my oldest Brecken who is, um, she is 16 months right now. And then we have our youngest Ridge who is four months. And so, yes, their names are Brecken and Ridge. It's my favorite place in the world, Breckenridge, Colorado. Shout out to y'all. I would love to hear a story from somebody from Breckenridge, but, um, I love Breckenridge, Colorado. It's so beautiful. Um, and because of that, we loved the name on our daughter so much that we were like, oh, snap, Ridge is a really cool boy name that we had to do it. We didn't do it as his first name. His first name is Montgomery. So it's Montgomery Ridge. We set him up for a, hopefully a country music career if he doesn't make it in anything else. Um, that's just a really fun and cool name. But they go by Brecken and Ridge, and they are my world. Every single thing that I do is for them. So. Um, if you ever see me launching a company, doing different things, um, it's because of Brecken and Ridge. We have two dogs. Uh, one is Belle. She is a great Pyrenees. We love little Belle. She's getting older in age now, but she was our first dog that um, 
for me personally was like an inside dog. I always grew up with outside dogs, but Belle has always lived inside, sleeps on her bed, the whole deal. We love that dog to pieces. She is about 80 pounds, Great Pyrenees, Australian Shepherd, and we love her. Second, whoops, sorry about that. Hit the microphone. Um, second, we have Tantor. So yes, Tantor as the elephant from Tarzan, Tantor. Um, he is a Great Dane Pitbull Lab mix. Um, he is a hoss of a dog. I've seen him eat rubber. I've seen him eat plastic. He has also ran through a window in our house and completely shattered it. It was insane. Um, one of the coolest things in the world, except for the fact that I had to pay for a new window. But Tantor is an awesome dog. Um, super fun, super cool. But he loves to lick. That is his one downside and one problem is that dog loves to lick. That's a little bit about me and my immediate family. But um, I wanted to talk about a little bit about my story. So as I kind of mentioned earlier, I've been on church staffs. Obviously, I now have a church media company. But my life hasn't always been around and involved in church. I actually grew up a seventh generation Mormon. And so with Mormons, they have um, some very interesting and unique beliefs um, that personally, I don't lump them into our Christian category, but they're amazing people. They are some of the sweetest and most amazing human beings on this earth. I just believe that there are some things that um, don't line up in between the two different belief systems that I believe now. So with that as well, grew up seventh generation Mormon. So it was a big, big deal when me and my immediate family, my mom, my dad, and my sister left the Mormon church. So we um, were, you know, kind of put on special lists and things like that of local Mormon churches around us of where um, they knew where our house was to not knock on our doors or when uh, my mom would stop, um, you know, Mormon missionaries on the side of the street and tell her about her amazing life change experience, um, they would know who she is. I grew up in that church until I was about eight. So a little bit about Mormonism is when you are baptized in the Mormon church, you are around eight years old. I actually started going to these baptism preparation classes. And with that, I was going through the classes just normal eight eight years old is a long time ago guys so give me give me a little bit of a break when I'm trying to remember back some things but um, I actually never got baptized in the Mormon church so I was the first out of seven generations on my mom's side that hadn't been baptized in the church and then eventually we left so one of the reasons that we left was there was this amazing lady and amazing family that had invited my mom to a local church, a local lower C capital church and invited her to a Bible study. And my mom is a learner. She's a big studier. And so with that, she was very open to learning about one of the holy books in Mormonism. The King James Version Bible only is one of the holy books of the Mormon religion that with the Doctrine of Covenants, Prolegory Price and the Book of Mormon. So that's their four and it's called the quad, right? So I remember my mom still has her quad. It's this Navy, Navy quad. And it's like this thick. Cause I mean, you got to think you have a Bible, you have the book of Mormon, Dr. Covenant program. It's like, it's big. So 
all of that. Um, she invited my mom to church and God started speaking and moving in my mom and my parents' life. My mom was more of the spiritual leader of our family um, back then. And so with that, you know, she started again studying, navigating what this looks like. And a little bit even about my family is I have the gambit in regards to religions and denominations in our family. I have an uncle who used to be a Jewish rabbi. I have people that um, are more in the non-denominational charismatic part of my family. I have people that are not a part of the church at all. I have people in the LGBTQ plus community in my family. And so with that, like we genuinely didn't know anywhere to start um, beliefs. We had anything to kind of navigate and go through this after we just experienced leaving the Mormon church. So we got introduced um, to this new, you know, local seed church that happened to be a Baptist church um, here where um, I grew up, Arlington, Texas. And because of that, my life and my family's life and my generations of children are forever changed because we were introduced to the gospel. And with that, we were able to make decisions to follow Christ as our entire family. And we also got baptized as an entire family on the same day by our senior pastor at the time. So a little bit, that was a little bit of testimony there. Grew up in church. Um, now I am uh, like going through youth group and then into college group, all of those things. God was really speaking to me um, about what ministry could look like. I, at some point, thought I wanted to be a youth pastor, a senior pastor, a missions pastor, um, a volunteer pastor, all of those different things. But um, what never changed and never faltered was my call to ministry. So God had put on my life that I was supposed to share the good news about him. And how that looked and how that worked was the one question that I didn't have the answer to. Because I didn't fully know what was going on, um, I actually went to school initially to be a firefighter. My wife's dad used to be a fire chief locally here in one of the cities for a very, very long time. And so I was like, hey, maybe firefighting is the route and path for me. I loved a lot of it. I was a big science person. I'm not a big English person, but I was a big science person. And so I loved all the anatomy, the biology, all of those things. But when I started going on calls, I would have fun with the other firefighters and the guys, but it wasn't solving the itch of my calling, right? Had some crazy calls and crazy experiences, but there was nothing that was like, oh, this is what I'm put on this earth to do. So I had one of those yell out to God in the middle of the street moments. Um, I was, it was late at night in my neighborhood. And I remember I was walking the streets and um, in my neighborhood, just taking a walk and just yelling at the top of my uh, lungs in prayer of just, God, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what is my next thing? All of that. From there, God really started to answer a lot of those prayers. I got accepted into Dallas Baptist University, which when I was in firefighting, I was at a community college locally. And so once I graduated from there with my associates in applied science of firefighting, um, I went to DBU which is Dallas Baptist University. And I went for a brand new program there called the Intercultural Studies Program, which is really 
a more missions-based degree, which is where I really feel, felt God was calling me during that time, was this line and trajectory of missions, how to help the church globally, how to help the church internationally, um, how do you connect and link different people, different cultures, different situations. That was something that made me feel jazzed up. I was here for it. So that's why I started doing, started going there, doing all of those things. Remember how I told you about how I hate English? I was a person that did not read one entire um, book that wasn't a kid's book um, through my high school and then into college age. I had one chapter book. Um, yes, there are some people in the world that make fun of me for calling it a chapter book, but it is. That's what it is. It had chapters. So I've read one chapter book on a plane ride to Seattle when I was visiting one of my buddies. And so with that, um, that's the only chapter book that I've read like in a book with like sheets and papers. I'm a big audible guy. Um, you know, I love listening to books on there. I've probably listened to a couple hundred books on audible, but, um, in person, I'm not a big reader. English was always very hard for me. It's just not how my brain was really wired. So with that, I'm my senior year at DBU and we realized and understood that, um, I needed a second English credit, even though I took two Englishes at TC, TCC, which is the local community college. Um, I The second one didn't count, apparently, in the eyes of DBU. So they made me do English 2, which is more reading of European, European book history and all of those things. I then proceeded to extremely drop my GPA because school as itself wasn't a big thing for me in my list, in my story. Um, I was barely skating by and then boom, I get hit with this class and I fail out on my senior year. But there's some beauties in that. One, um, I got to experience an amazing three years at DBU that have trained me and equipped me up into this day of being able to talk and have conversations with um, different cultures and be intercultural with my knowledge and friendships and um, belief systems and all of those things. Um, the sucky part is obviously I spent a lot of money going there um, and didn't get a sheet of paper to prove that I finished. Um, but it really allowed me to have um, a bunch of different other opportunities and sets. So when I recognized my, my, um, <laughs> my GPA was plummeting, um, I was actually at the time um, inter interiming at a church in a little suburb outside of Dallas. And I was entering interiming. Ooh, that's a tough word. Interiming as a youth pastor out there. And um, I recognized we needed to do some sermon series for a brand new sermon series at the beginning of the year. And it was so fun. I remember it was, it's a horrible graphic. If I look back at it, it is just absolutely horrible. But we were doing New Year's resolutions and all those kinds of things. So I remember in my apartment, I gathered an apple, a, um, a little 15 pound weight, my Bible, um, all of these different things. And I took a top-down picture um, with my DSLR camera and uh, we we titled it Resolutions. And it was, you know, touching on all of the main things of different resolutions, your health, your spirituality, um, you know, your 
you know, weightlifting, starting to work out, all those different things. And looking back, that really started the trend of me helping and serving in churches. So after my time there at that small church, I ended up going to a suburb um, church that had about 600 people. It was a 10-year-old church, I'm sorry, a six-year-old church plant. And it was amazing. Loved them. That's the the church that I eventually became the creative arts pastor at. But I started just by doing worship slides. So I was taking, you know, these church motion graphics and um, with that, like, hey, let's let's talk, Jeff. Um, but church motion graphics uh, was taking those backgrounds and applying uh, lyrics and things like that on top of them. This church hadn't had anybody really doing that. And so it was a, a kind of a step and foot into the door. From there, I then got asked to be a part of the social media team. And then I got asked to run the social media team. And then I got asked to run the graphics design department. And then I got asked to run the video department. And then from there, I was pretty much serving as the creative arts pastor. And I just fell in love. This was amazing. And um, from there, like we started the conversation of having, you know, other different churches, things like that. And there was a a situation in a time and place that it made sense to um, not be at that church anymore, but to start the business. And so with that, we launched and then we've been helping churches ever since. And so now 2016, almost uh, 2023, we've been doing this for about six years now. And so long, long story short, but that's like pretty much the ramp in the runway of getting us to where we are today. So I know that was long. You, I may even put the chapter mark so you can skip forward a little bit if you don't want to hear my story. But um this mission of doing church conversations really fell on my heart recently in the past couple months because I was hearing amazing stories from people of experiencing God, whether those individuals and people wanted to say that, that it was God or not. Um, I've just heard amazing stories and situations, and then some of them are in the church world. I've been a part of amazing um, experience of God moving in the church currently, I feel like personally, we are in almost a second, um, if not even third spiritual great awakening. But this one is unique because it applies to digital. I have to start something that allows a platform for people to be able to come on and have a church conversation. That's a little bit of the mission why behind it. And so what's the plan moving forward, right? Um, that's what, you know, hopefully maybe you, you were asking, um, when you jumped onto this podcast and now we're a few minutes later than that. And I'm just now getting to it. So what's the plan? There are going to be, um, in the beginning, probably just some topics that I'm going to talk about that I may bring people on to kind of be a guest host and talk through those comments. Um, also I'm going to be inviting people. So we, um, are going to be able to use a program of where if they can't meet in person, which of course I would love, that would be the main way that I would want to do it. But there's people all over this country that have unique perspectives and unique conversations that they want to have and share. And so I wanted to be able to create an opportunity in a way where they can be able to do that digitally as well at a high res quality and have high quality audio. We're going to be 
interviewing, having people on. Um, I have a very large network of people from pastors to missionaries to um, just non-Christians to people that have been hurt, burned by the church, um, people in different religions, all of those different things. We're going to ask them to come on our show for us to ask them questions. And again, I am going to push and be very open and honest about this is that this show is a open and safe place. So I'm going to be open and safe with them, but I also know there's these things called comments and reviews that may um, be less than open, but the heartbeat and the belief system of this show is to be open and safe. So that's going to be the environment that I try to create for our guests and people. If you want them to come on, or if you want to come on the show, I would love to be able to respect you in that way, to be able to be open and listen to your story and your experience and possibly ask you some questions about why you believe what you believe or um, why you think the church is where it is or navigating how to better it or all of those different things. But I just want to invite you to have a seat on the couch of your mind. I believe that God is going to be glorified through the openness of these conversations. Um, like I said, you know, there's going to be sometimes pastors that have preached and thousands of people have been saved. And then there's going to be people that have never stepped foot inside of a church door. Both voices extremely matter. Let me say that again. Both voices extremely matter. There are things that you can learn from each side. There's things that you're going to be able to learn and gain nuggets of wisdom from this person who's never stepped foot inside a church before. There's going to be things and nuggets that you are going to learn from the person that has saved, quote unquote, like, you know, been the person that has presented the gospel, because obviously, you know, the Holy Spirit working in your heart is the way that you are saved. But person that has presented the gospel to where thousands of people have been saved, you're going to be able to have pull nuggets and wisdom from them. So again, laying it all out on the line, I wanted to just express how God's going to be glorified through this. Hopefully you, the listener and watcher, are going to be able to be encouraged, uplifted, possibly learn some things, or possibly just be able to sit back and listen to amazing stories of how God is working and moving, even when the people telling that story may even not know and realize that he is working and moving in their lives. With that being said, thank you so much for coming um, and listening and watching this conversation, this very first one. Um, you know, this one's unique because there's just one of me, but um, hopefully you felt like you were a part of the conversation with me. So thank you very much for your time of sitting on the couch of your mind and listening to church conversations. Yeah.